0: Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveller Podcast, part of the Informed Traveller Radio Show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveller. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So one of my favourite islands in the Caribbean is St. Lucia. I've been there many times in my cruise ship days. So on our podcast this week, we'll head to St. Lucia and learn about the Collection de Papite, which showcases a wide variety of unique island accommodations, including local villas, B&Bs, boutiques, and inns all bundled together one website so i'm looking forward to learning about that plus i'm also a big railway buff so later in the podcast we'll chat with the folks from via rail to learn about their jasper to prince rupert route this summer but to begin a new survey from the tire and rubber association shows that two-thirds of us are planning to cancel or shorten our road trips this summer due to the high price of gasoline so joining us now to talk more about the survey and how checking your tire pressure can actually help with gas mileage and, of course, keep you safer on the road. Michael Majernik, he's the Manager of Communications for the Tire and Rubber Association of Canada. Their website is tracanada.ca. Up until a few days ago, I didn't know there was a Tire and Rubber Association. So tell me a little bit about uh, that and what uh, what you do.
1: Uh, Well, our association represents all the tire manufacturers uh, in Canada, as well as the rubber recyclers. And uh, we represent the industry with uh, with the public, with the government, etc. Uh,
0: and you uh, recently came out with a survey. Let's talk about some of the findings. Seven in ten believe that high gas prices will be here for a while, and two-thirds are planning to either cancel or limit their uh, road trips. Uh, I don't think there's really much of a surprise there. I Even I'm thinking, I might take, make a uh, five- or four-day road trip into a two- or three-day road trip or make it shorter. Uh, that's what your findings are, su- are suggesting, right?
1: That's correct. And basically, the Alberta numbers are in line with the rest of Canada. Most of Canadians, 66%, of, you know, Say, are saying that, to, that uh, you know, they're planning to cancel or limit their driving. And uh, this number is higher with the younger audiences. That's about two, thir- two, qu- two quarters of, of Canadians between 18 and 24 are planning to you know, limit their driving. And uh, 80% of all Canadians basically believe that uh, you know, these high prices are with us to stay for a while.
0: And there are some things to do, and we're going to talk about tires and uh, how to uh, look after your tires. What are some of the things that you're recommending, and, and how much can I really save, though, about uh, tire proper tire inflation, that kind of thing?
1: Uh, well, proper tire inflation is important uh, for fuel economy, but also for some other things of such as safety, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a drive, uh, proper t- tires are the only part of your vehicle that are touching the road, so it's a driving essential to look after them, uh, ensuring the pressures are set to the right levers com- combined with uh, regular tire maintenance, you know, you can improve the safety, performance, and longevity of your tires as well because it's fairly high-ticket items when you need to change all of them. So, based on our survey, virtually all drivers understand that tire inflation is essential for vehicle safety. 91 know that setting your tires to the right pressure saves fuel, and 73% recognize that correct inflation lessens emissions and protects the environment. At the same time, we have a disconnect, as most drivers do not know what's the right procedure of checking your tires and getting them to the right tire pressure. For example, only 30% of drivers check their tire pressures monthly, which is recommended by the tire manufacturers because of the fluctuations in temperatures and you know the the things the tires go through over the course of driving. Mm. 54 percent did, did not know that inflation pressure should be checked when the tires are cold, so not after a long drive, but only a short drive to you know gas station where you have them ch- have them checked uh, because when you check your tire pressures after a long drive, you are not going to get the right reading. So you aren't going to set them to a wrong pressure. You're going to be off by a couple of PSIs. And another quite shocking statistic is that 35% refer to air pressure stamped on the tire sidewall, which is very wrong because this is the maximum pressure for the tire under load. So the proper tire pressure can be found on the sticker of the driver's door mm-hmm. uh, or in the, uh, the manual. And those are two very different numbers. So it, it looks like 35% of drivers are overloading their tires and it affects the comfort, it, it uh, affects the stopping distances, the safety, and you're going to wear your tires out faster this way.
0: So don't go by what's on the side of the tires. Go by what's on the door and that And you're talking about that little sticker. When you open your door, it's kind of in the side there. You can see it right there, right? Correct. I'm one of those people that kind of relies on the sensor in my uh, vehicle to tell me if my tires are low. Is that a good idea?
1: Uh, well, the the, the the modern ones are fairly better, but the older ones where you are just waiting for the check light to sort of come on, those are not like the, your tire pressures could be underinflated by un- over 20% before that light comes on. So you definitely should do this manually, you know, pull out your tire gauge, walk around your t- uh, walk around your vehicle, check your tire pressures manually so you get the correct reading.
0: Mm-hmm. And do these before you start off somewhere when your tires are cold, as you were mentioning, right? Yes, correct. Simple as that, right? Save you some money. And of course, safety is also a big factor as well. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Majernik is the uh, manager of communications for the Tire and Rubber Association of Canada. You can find the survey results on their website, tracanada.ca. Uh, thanks for uh, doing this, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Well, St. Lucia has always been one of my favorite islands in the Caribbean, and now there's a unique collection of accommodation types available for you to choose from, all bundled together on one website. It's called the Collection de Pipite. And joining us now to tell us more about them is Christopher Gustav. He is the Marketing Manager for Caribbean Events and Sports. The website is stlucia.org.
2: Hi, Christopher. Hi, Randy. Pleasure to be on your show today, and I'd like to say hello to everyone listening
0: well, hello back. Uh, what's the weather like in St. Louis, uh, just for the heck of it? <laughs> it's probably very nice. It always is, right?
2: Yeah. Yes, Randy. Beautiful as always. You know, the sun is shining. the um, The sky is blue. The sea is blue as well. Our mountains are lush and green. You know, all we're missing right now is you.
0: I know, right? I've been to St. Lucia many times. It is one of my favorite islands in the Caribbean. So let's talk about uh, Collection de Petite. I think it's a kind of a cool little idea, but explain what it is, though.
2: All right. So what Collection de Petite is all about is a bespoke program to showcase 400 or over 400 of the smaller accommodation properties in St. Lucia. The collection features a broad range of one-of-a-kind jewels, including b bs boutique hotels, inns, and luxury villas. The name originates in our island's French heritage, and it means a collection of small pieces or nuggets of gold. The aim is to introduce the traveler to properties that have 35 rooms or fewer, which may be not as well-known as the island's larger hotels and resorts. Many of the properties offer distinct opportunities for visitors to discover culture, culinary, and wellness experiences with these intimate accommodations. Um, The collection has a dedicated page on stlucha.org's website, um, stlucha.org slash collectiondpp, where travelers can find detailed information on the types of accommodation and search by the specific criteria, such as location, whether the property is family friendly or price. Actually, on our website, sanusha.org, you could choose the accommodation and click through to book directly on the provider's website. A key thing about the collection is that all the properties have been accredited by the SLTA to provide an added added layer of reassurance. Um, And what we do, Randy, to ensure that what we advertise is what you get, we as the Ministry of Tourism, we do reviews and checks to ensure that the quality control is there and that what we promise is what we deliver
0: well, it all sounds amazing, and you do have a number of different properties. Again, if people go on stlucia.org, they can find the Collection de Petite. and I'm, I'm just looking at some of them. Uh, the top one that comes up here is Paris Villas. So give us some ideas. Uh, let's start there and just give us a few examples of what's available. It doesn't matter uh, if you're looking for a villa or a smaller place. If you got a group with you, you can, you can find the accommodations to suit your needs, can't you?
2: Correct. And the important thing about it is that there are over 400 properties and it's really a treasure chest of some of the best Saint Lucia has to offer. And many of these properties are right in the communities. You know, many people are now looking for more authentic experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this really lends, this brand really lends itself to that so that you can actually live in the communities that the the average Lucian lives. Um, So you get to experience the island in a much more intimate way. And to answer your question, some of the properties that are listed, we have from super luxury to properties that are very budget friendly. We have eco resorts. We have um, villas by the beach, um, you name it. Is inside of there. What we really want you to do, or your listeners to do, is go in to the website and and search, search for the type of property that you're interested. And in. we guarantee you that you're going to find your gem. What's that? What's that important to you? You will get a property that really um, achieves that desire you have. <laughs>
0: well i'm i'm looking again I'm using Paris villas as an example. I don't know if you're familiar with that property or not but it's uh it's five bedrooms eight thousand square feet a beautiful pool uh mm. overlooking some lush greenery uh it absolutely amazing um that's my choice. <laughs> but but like you say, uh, there's all kinds of things to choose from. And, and it looks like the booking process is quite simple. The one uh, thing I, I like about St. Lucia, it's not a big island. So really, it doesn't matter where you stay. You're within driving distance uh, from visiting all the other uh, activities and things to see in St. Lucia, aren't you?
2: Yeah, and that's the great thing about St. Lucia is that... You- you're so close to everything. So, for example, if you wanted to go to a hot water waterfall, you literally no more than 45 minutes anywhere on the island from it. If you wanted to leave the waterfall and then go to a beach, you have a 15 minute drive to a beach. Uh, uh, so that's the great thing about St. Lucia. You know, it's It's beautiful. It has a lot to do, but it's very compact. So you're not gonna spend a lot of your day traveling from one venue to the other or from one attraction to the other. It's just one action pack adventure after the other.
0: Even little quaint places, uh, and you and these really are gems. Like when you say that they're they're a collection of gems and and properties. Uh, Auntie Jones' place, it's a quiet uh, two bath apartment, three bedrooms, so it's big enough for a family, and you're close to the beach, supermarkets, uh, restaurants, nightlife. So again, uh, doesn't matter what you're looking for, you'll probably find it here, right?
2: Definitely, and as I said, there are over four hundred of them to choose from, um, and and a uh, property like Caille Blanc um, and here you could see again we use our French because St. Lucia uh, i I sure you know Randy we were actually seven times British and seven times French so our Creole and our French is a big part of our heritage so mm. we speak a little Creole on the island so a lot of our properties just like the brand just like the collection will have a lot of French influence
0: Well it's a good time to visit St. Lucia uh, it seems to me that doesn't matter what time of year the weather is always nice.
2: Uh, when's when's the best time to come? The 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 best time to come is from tomorrow. <laughs> I, I'll give you a cup I, I wanted to tell you today, but I'll give you some time so you could book your flight. And stuff like that. <laughs> you know, San is beautiful all year round. The weather is um, immaculate. Um. All year round, we have no real seasons to talk about, so the weather is more or less consistent, Um, and 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 there's no really um, every day is a good day to be in Saint Lucia.
0: Well, it sure is, Uh, and you've got a lot to choose from. You got to you know areas like Rodney Bay. Talk about some of the areas and things that people like to do in Saint Lucia.
2: I mean, you have to. What Saint Lucia is most known for, and I mean, our calling card is our so you remember I remember Oprah saying that one of the views that you need to see in your life is the Petals. And, and and trust me, it's worth seeing, you know, our majestic Peters. Mm-hmm. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. We have a lot of if you're into adventure and and, and echo, we have a lot of eco, we have a lot of um natural, um beautiful places in terms of our our forests and our rainforests, that's very um, important to us, and we take care of that. Um, If you're thinking about our mud baths, our sulfur springs, if you just go on Instagram and you you search for St. Lucia, you'll see so many images of people enjoying the sulfur springs. So that's one of the key things that we encourage everybody to do wild in saint lucia and vi- visit the villages we have a village called Grosely, and it's there's a world famous Grosely party every friday night and it recently started again Um, and it's a street jam where you put where the organizers put a big speakers in the middle of the road and the mm-hmm. block of the road and it's a party every friday night with some of the most delicious Street food you'd get anywhere in the world. You know, it's really, <laughs> a it's a really, it's it's part of the um DNA of the destination. And well, I, I would like- Take you there for a drink, Randy.
0: Well, okay, I'll take you up on that. Uh, Again, it's the Collection de Petite. uh, You can find it it, right on the website. It says it offers hundreds of small gym accommodation options with something for everyone. I couldn't have said it better myself, and it's at stlucia.org. One of my favorite islands is St. Lucia, and Christopher Gustav is marketing manager for the uh, Caribbean Events and Sports. Uh, Thanks for chatting with me, Christopher. It was really uh, a lot of fun.
2: No, it was my pleasure, and, and, and we're looking forward to hosting you, Randy.
0: Well, if you're looking for a unique way to explore the coastal mountains of British Columbia, why not try a rail trip? And one example is Via Rail's Jasper to Prince Rupert route. So, joining us now to tell us all about it is Ryan Rubutka. He is the senior manager of sales and marketing for Via Rail. Their website is viarail.ca. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I know that Via does uh, all kinds of different routes across the country, but uh, today we're going to talk about the uh, Jasper to Prince Rupert route, uh, the Grandeur of the West, as it says on your website. How popular is this route?
3: Yeah, it's probably not as popular as it should be. Um, it's one of my favorite routes to take. And um, a couple of years ago, my dad and I took the train from Edmonton. Uh, I'm from St. Albert originally, so I flew into Edmonton and uh, hung out with my dad for a few days. And then we took the train to Jasper and ultimately up to Prince Rupert. And, you know, it, it's 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 not only one of our most scenic trips, but uh, I think it's also really unique just from the uh, destinations and the landscapes that you see from the train and uh, we you know we've focused on this uh, from uh, uh, there's probably more interest internationally on it um, but domestically it's still a little bit of a hidden secret and I think for you know your listeners in Alberta with it starting in Jasper or ending in Jasper depending on the direction you're going it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a train that should be considered And uh, there's some neat itineraries that you can use the train within, and maybe we can get to those in a little bit. But Mm -hmm. it's definitely the most scenic uh, route, uh, I believe, that we have, and it showcases not only the Rockies, but the coastal mountains, and then everything in between. So you get to see a lot of really uh, beautiful landscapes.
0: Well, yeah, I think that would be a a really fantastic trip. The scenery must be amazing. And just to get to, you you do an overnight in Prince George, and then uh, your destination, Prince Rupert. Can you do back-to-back if you wanted to?
3: Yeah, you can. So we're just about to be back at our pre-pandemic schedule. So starting in late June, uh, the train from uh, Jasper to Prince Rupert, which has always kind of been known as the Skeena because it follows the Skeena River for a large part of the trip, Mm -hmm. um, will go back to its three times per week schedule. So right now and during the pandemic, we were only operating once per week, but we're going to go back to three weekly departures. And Two of those departures end up, um, you know, from Jasper's a two day trip to Prince Rupert. It gets into Prince Rupert in the evening, and the next morning it starts its journey back to Jasper. So that's two of the three departures. And then one of them actually spends a uh, complete day in, Jas- in in Prince Rupert. So there's a way that you could either spend a couple of days in Prince Rupert and catch a different train, or if you wanted just to do the train trip, you can get into Prince Rupert in the evening, uh, spend a night in a hotel. and and get back on the train and return to Jasper the following day. And I wouldn't really recommend that, though. Um, In addition to this being one of my favorite routes, and I think one of the reasons it is, is because I really think Prince Rupert is a really, really neat destination to spend a couple of days in. And when my dad and I did this trip, we went to the Kuzumatin Grizzly Bear Sanctuary. So this is uh, uh, a large, very pristine area just north of Prince Rupert, but it's only accessible by boat. And it's a full-day tour. So if you were just to get in and flip and turn around and go back, you know, the next day, you're going to miss the opportunity to see some of the cool things that there are in Prince Rupert. So this tour, um, you spend basically a good chunk of an afternoon just cruising up this um, inlet where you've got grizzly bears on either side of the inlet. And the boat maybe is 100 meters away from some of these grizzly bears and and things like that. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. They also do a a whale-watching tour. Uh, There's great restaurants. There's a brewery in Prince Rupert. So, you know, I I would always recommend spending a couple of days in Prince Rupert. And one of the things I haven't done yet, and just when I mentioned different itineraries, uh, one thing I do want to do is take BC ferries from Port Hardy on the northern tip of Vancouver Island and cruise through the Inside Passage to Prince Rupert and then spend a couple of days in Rupert and then jump on the train. So you could do that in either direction. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just about the train. I think, you know, anytime you're jumping on the train, um, the destination has a big part to do with why a trip would be so interesting and and exciting. And there's a few ways you can add to uh, this particular trip from a rail perspective to even enhance the overall experience that you would have over maybe five, six, seven nights when you add in a few other experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think it'd be uh, really great to spend a few days in Prince Rupert. Either way, uh, do it your way, For uh, you know, start in Prince Rupert and make your way back to Jasper or do a back-to-back rail run. Let's talk a little bit about Prince George. You, get, you spend... the. the Let's just back up for a sec. The great thing about this route, from what I understand, too, is that you're in the daylight hours doing all the traveling. So you do get to see all the uh, wonderful scenery on the way to these destinations, right?
3: That's it. So um, the way the schedule works, we leave Jasper uh, at 1245 in the afternoon. And that's the first day of this two-day all-daylight trip to Prince Rupert. So the first day is Jasper to Prince George. We get into Prince George around 7 in the evening. So that first day, we're um, traveling past and through the Rocky Mountains, past Mount Robson, the highest peak in the Rockies. And then the train starts to go north, basically following Highway 16. Then we get into the farmlands and more fertile kind of landscapes around Prince George. So there's a forced overnight in Prince George. That's not included in the ticket price. So you would find a hotel in downtown Prince George. Mm -hmm. And there's a few within walking distance from the train station. Uh, So you'd overnight in Prince George. And then the next morning, the train leaves at eight in the morning and you have a full day as the train makes its way to the coast in Prince Rupert getting in around 8 p.m. And the probably the last half of that day from about Smithers, which is the halfway point of your second day, all the way to Prince Rupert is where the scenery, in my opinion, really is hard to match anywhere else in the country. We're following the Skeena River. There's a series of deep gorges, beautiful trestles, you know, 200 feet above the river below, maybe 800 feet long. Uh, You're going to see wildlife, too, bears, moose, eagles. Um, There's glaciers, number of tunnels that the train goes through. There's lots of abandoned canneries along the Skeena River that the train will glide past. So there's just so much to see. And it's all done during daylight hours. So we don't have sleeping equipment on this train. Mm -hmm. What we have is we have economy class. And with that, there's guaranteed uh, sitting in a dome car as well. So it's a really short train. There's only two cars, economy class, and then one of our traditional domes where you go upstairs. Oh, nice. To sit and enjoy the scenery from the dome that fits 24 people. And then also within that car, there's a lounge area. So, you know, we offer bar service. And there's snacks and things like that. Um, in terms of meals, uh, when my dad and I did the trip, we grabbed some sandwiches and things like that in Jasper and in Prince George to, 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 to have when we were on board. But the, the best part of the trip, without a doubt, is being up in the Dome and just watching the scenery. And, you know, sometimes the train's a little bit busier than others, but sometimes it isn't. And it's really not uncommon to be able to sit up in the Dome the whole time and never lose your seat. So, oh, wow. It's uh, like I said, it's kind of that hidden secret um, because it does offer the dome car mm-hmm. at no extra charge, and uh, yeah, it's just a great way to see the area.
0: Well, and it sounds like a, a really intimate experience if it's only two cars and not a whole lot of people. Uh, so it's almost like having the train to yourself.
3: Yeah, sometimes it is. The trip that my dad and I took, I think, you know, there may have have been about 20 people on the train. So it wasn't a busy departure. You know, we get groups and things on there that would increase that. But in that experience, it is very intimate and it almost felt like it was our private train. So (laughs) that uh, makes for a a pretty unique experience in itself.
0: Now, when you talk about some of the activities to do uh, in Prince Rupert, uh, those are extras that uh, like, can you do the add-ons through via rail or, or you'd have to go outside for that?
3: Yeah, that would be something you would book separately, just like that hotel Mm -hmm. in Prince George or in Prince Rupert. You know, we work with a number of partners. Um, There's a company in Calgary called Canada Rail Vacations, and they're able to kind of stitch any kind of itinerary together that somebody would want to do. So let's say somebody wanted to maybe board the train in Edmonton, and that's the Canadian, Mm -hmm. travel overnight to Jasper, then get on the train in Jasper, go to Prince George, the hotel night and Prince Rupert with a hotel night, a few experiences while you're there, tack on BC Ferries. That's something that they specialize in, and they would be able to make that really easy and a one-stop shopping experience. Or, of course, you can book it on your own, going to the various websites of Mm -hmm. the different suppliers that would make up that.
0: Well, it all sounds like a fabulous experience. Jasper to Prince Rupert route, the uh, grandeur of the West. You can find more information on the Via Rail website, viarail.ca, plus some of their other routes. So we'll have to have you back on, Ryan, and talk about some of the other routes uh, in future. But uh, Ryan Robutka is the Senior Manager for Sales and Marketing for Via Rail. Again, their website, via rail.ca. Thanks for chatting, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. Take care. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave a review. Tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.